Thank Mr. Alvin Lee for our show intro there and theme, and here we go on another one of these two-hour get-togethers. We spend these two hours today on weekday and uh, hopefully cover some things that stimulate you, motivate you, anger you, all those things motivate you to some sort of action. Uh, Roger Sales, Radio Ranch, your host, People's Patriot Network, our platform, and it's... Uh, as I said there, it's the 1st of August. Let me see if I can aha, uh -huh, welcome Mr. Cave in. I've got this down to where I can keep those irritating tones out of all of our collective ears. How you doing, Chris? Oh, pretty darn good this morning. Thank you very much. Good, uh, at the movies last night and uh, heard a really interesting radio program last night and this morning on we're on the uh, True Frequency channel. Ex-wife number 3. Uh, well, um, for you or me? <laughs> no, no, me, me. <laughs> you got to ask the right questions to get the right answer. <laughs> I, you know, you got you to gotta kiss a lot of frogs to get that princess. That's um, a fact, Dad. <laughs> um, any, how's the locust situation doing out there, man? I mean, I keep seeing these little video clips of, like, street lights and stuff, and they're just, there's, I remember when I was a kid, we lived in uh, Texas, in Austin, San Angelo, San Antonio, all three of those cities when I was young, and um, I don't remember which one it was. I tend to think it was San Angelo. Uh, let me clear my throat here. And I was only, well, and no, I just get you know, just some congestion, just some congestion, you know. Um, and uh, I, I, I guess I'm. It's early. My earliest memories, probably around three or four or something. But they're in one of those Texas towns. They've got a similar plague, except it's not locusts; it's crickets. And that year, I remember them talking about it. Even as a young man, they, they were so thick that on the roads people had squashed so many of them that the roads were like cricket guts and it's like uh, driving on ice you know you'd go to hit it and it hit all that cricket uh -huh. gut and uh so that's a that's a problem you're dealing with kind of you say it's going to get better though pretty quick huh well they claim a couple of months i do recall back in oklahoma city uh, in parts south of texas we used to go back and forth there all the time there were several incidences when they had swarms of loc actual locusts, uh, katydids or cicadas as we call them, uh, different different versions of insect critters, uh, could be grasshoppers or other types no. of flying vermin, and they would come out in masse, and m many times they'd be crossing the roads, like you say. Uh, even tarantulas I've seen do this. Yes, yeah, uh, they do area. it too, yeah. Yeah, they um, seem to go on a sabbatical or a jihad somewhere, and they uh, get run over by the cars, and it makes quite a slippery mess, and you can, if you're not aware, it can go uh, sideways in a hurry. Now, you mentioned one in there uh, in the locust category that I don't think is a locust, cicaded. And th those things are really interesting, man. And, and uh, 
all through my life, you know, when I'm out in the woods or something, you're going along, there's a, they like pine trees a lot, if I remember. And uh, you'll find their shell there on the pine tree. Sure. As they came, you know, they're gone, but the shell still lingers. The memory lingers. And um, uh, those are the ones that make that horrifically loud noise. I can't even come close to imitating it, but I'm pretty sure most of you know what we're talking about. And they're a long long uh, insect and they got big wings and boy can they make a racket holy smokes those things are loud um well they're pretty thick they're about the size of a thumb or a little bigger depends if you get a big thumb or a little thumb and like you say they are they sometimes have a kind of an iridescent greenish color to them and like you say they do they like all kinds of trees whether they're pines or fruits or mulberries or elms or whatever else they proliferate in those things and you see those little translucent uh, brownish colored shells that they leave behind when they uh, let's see what's it called when they morph molt, and change molt. Uh, now yeah. the interesting thing about them is they don't do it every year they do it every seven years so you may hear one of them occasionally but then man it comes this one year and they're like everywhere um I remember those things. They're kind of cool. I like that kind of stuff. Um, Chris, I signed up in uh, STEM Enhance. Finally got that done last night. Figured out, we figured out that it wasn't, uh, it didn't go through. Harvey called me right after the show. He said, man, your thing didn't go through last night, so we got to do it again. And, well, here was the problem. It's interesting, and I'm finding a little bit more out about it because Pat, uh, our mine and Harvey's and Daryl's also friend uh, Pat McEwen over in Thailand called me last night and we spent about an hour on the phone talking and uh, he said he Australia evidently is open also but I and I don't know I'm not in it deep enough to know how many other countries are open but um, what was interesting is I went to do my back office stuff and purchase it and everything here on my computer right but mm-hmm. i don't use a vpn never have had a reason to use one uh and um the here's what happens if you don't know when when you go online and you purchase something whatever it is the minute mm-hmm. you hit the buy button you leave that site you don't notice it it's totally seamless but you go over and they transfer you over to a processing site and they have all the financial connections to run your charge and all that stuff. And when it's either declined or hopefully it's accepted, they switch you back to the site. Um, so the companies don't handle that. Other people do. Well, we got finished in this input and this information and stuff. And I went hit and it, it goes, you're declined. Well, I know I had the money in the account. Okay. Uh, and so we ended up having to do it on Harvey's computer in the States. Uh, and it went right through. But the problem was, I'm sure, because I've had it once before, is they saw all the U.S. information and a U.S. card, and somebody was placing the order from outside the country. And they, oh, red they, they don't even, now this is what we found out, because I even call Wells Fargo as a bank I use, unfortunately, a bunch of damn banditos. But uh, I called Wells Fargo <laughs> and got them on the line and said, listen, I've got the, you know, the Harvey called the company. Of course, uh, the company doesn't run the, the process. So they go, there must have been fraud involved. So I get on the phone. I call Wells Fargo. And they go, well, we don't even see a charge run on your account. 
and it had been turned down three times. So what happened was the processing center saw the disparity between U.S. and Ecuador and an Ecuador ISP, and they never even sent the charge to Wells Fargo. First level automatic denial. Exactly. Now, I, I ran into this, and I don't think you guys know about this because I, I wasn't on the air back then. It was when I was moving up here to Ecuador from Argentina, and I got into that same thing with the airlines. And it stuck me in Buenos Aires for five days, okay? And I finally had to go. I was staying with my friend outside of town about 25 kilometers, and I had to get a taxi, go all the way into downtown Buenos Aires, and actually physically go to the airline office so they'd run the damn charge, and I finally got out of there. But it was the same situation, except it was a little more acute because I opened up that Wells Fargo account when I was living in Argentina, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to challenge all of you, any of you that want to take me up on this, move outside the country and try and, <laughs> op try and open a bank account without being there to sign that signature card. Just try it. Oh, yeah. Okay? Just try well, it, all right? Well, I find... I finally got it done. It took four months, all right? All kinds of overnight crap back and forth and just unbelievable amount of hassle because you can't sign that signature card that obligates you to all those regulations. <laughs> and so I'm being honest. You know, I'm honest with these guys. I'm an honest guy. I try to be. And uh, they go, well, what's your home address? So I say, well, I'm down here in Ecuador. I mean, in Argentina. So I give them my Argentina address as my home address. Well, uh, buddy, hmm. when a credit card hits any processing company that's got anything to do with Argentina, they absolutely will not take it. Hmm. I had a situation before that where I had this carrot bar debit card. It's out of Europe. It's out of England, okay? Technically, the operation that issues those is in London. And I was signing up to my sports channel, this thing that I still rely on heavily, especially here in coming up about a month from now. <laughs> and uh, so I get on the phone with them, and I got my carrot bar card, and it's, pretty un it's a pretty small charge. It's $45. It was $45 for three years of that when they kicked it off. They gave a special. And so it was a $45 charge. And I get on there, and I order it. And, the, and they okay it, and they actually, I, later on I saw they'd pulled the money out of the account, and they came back mm -hmm. and denied it because it was an, because my address was, I was calling from Argentina. The cards in, I mean, man, it's just like super frustrating, okay? But that's happened to me several times, but that just don't, don't have a, so what I had to do eventually is change the billing address to the card to my brother's house in Alabama. So now everything jives. But in this thing with Stem Enhance, they picked up the ISP out of Ecuador and wouldn't even send the charge to the bank. Hmm. Okay. So anyway, that's something I've been dealing with. It's some of the obstacles that you got to hurdle when you live outside the country. You know, there's, there's like everything else, it's yin and yang. All right. I mean, you know, there's nothing that's generally either all yin or all yang, and uh, yin for it, yang your back, huh? That's right. <laughs> and uh, but 
It's a beautiful day in Ecuador today, stunning actually. And uh, Thursday, we kind of—I always feel like this is the day of the week I can just kind of exhale a little bit and let you guys call in, and uh, you know, I don't have to dribble quite as hard, maybe. And uh, so that's—I had a few things on my mind to talk about that I thought were pretty interesting. But uh, I hope none of you, none of our listeners, suffered through two nights of the Democratic Party debate. <laughs> I wouldn't waste my time with that nonsense, that clown show. You, you mean you wouldn't be you wouldn't be glued to CNN, Chris? Let, let's say a big no on that one. Okay, <laughs> a big fat no. Communist News Network, the Clinton News Network. Um. So well, hopefully, well, you know, we can go back and look at it. There is there is one candidate in there that I really kind of like, though. And boy, they're marginalizing her as much as they can, and that's Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, I like what the girl says, you know, no war and this, that, and the other. And I just, Murr called in here one day and said she was a tranny, and I, I just can't, I just can't get that. No matter how long I listen to her, look at her, or anything else, I just don't think that's right. And uh, uh, but they evidently don't like her either because she scores real high with the viewers and man they marginalize her on all the post uh, update stuff to the point that when they had that first one a couple of weeks ago Chris she her organization tried to uh, uh, place ads with Google right immediately after because she scored so high and Google wouldn't take them she's suing up on She's suing them for yeah, 50, well, 50 say, yeah, I hear that, but um, let me just get this last part out because it's, okay. it's the stinger. She's suing on Google, her organization, for 50 million bucks. Uh, well, that's, that's noteworthy, I will admit. However, some recent intel suggests that he is a CFR member. It's either Rothschild or Rockefeller she's connected to. Um, there, I listened to a really interesting program. We had a big rain deluge storm dump on me yesterday. I was sitting in the car waiting for it to clear up, listening to uh, Lee Stranahan was the investigative journalist that uh, was working on this expose. He's got a book coming out that he was talking about on one of the frequency host channels on there. In fact, they replayed it again this morning, and I was riveted to this conversation because of the deep dive into information, and he's talking about the deep state and the disinfo, the special operations, psyops operation of controlling both sides of the narrative, and tying all this uh, Pizzagate, QAnon, uh, different social media platforms uh, Mike Turnovich, uh, Jack Masovich, some of the guys that have hosted over at the InfoWars so-called station of the co-opted Alex Jones network, and the fact that they are really deep state operatives posing as conservatives and truth and freedom, liberty-loving people when they're anything but, and they're funded by the deep state, the dark state, and have ties to Epstein and Wexman. And well, let me proffer something here, Chris. That's the reason this imp this information we got so important, because you can go in with this information and separate the men from the boys. The truth from lies. Okay. 
And, and this is a litmus test you can put in front of course. Of course, people are so screwed up in their thinking that you, you don't always know their reaction is a, a, that type of a negative reaction. But I can promise you this information that we talk about, study, ruminate on, research on, all that stuff here, it's important, man. It, it lays the line right there. It, they can't cross it, Okay. And it is a litmus test, and I've maintained for many years it's kryptonite to superferrocyte. Well, this Lee Stranahan guy used to work for Breitbart and knew him quite personally. Well, knew quite a few of these players. Evidently, Breitbart is friggin' financed by Tom Moody over there. Yeah, well, that that <laughs> uh, I don't dispute that. This Stranahan guy, I think, used to write for the HuffPo. And, well, um, you, you know she is. Well, yeah, the Huffington Post. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, it's the whole thing, this massive PSYOPs operation. Remember in the 25 Rules of Disinformation by Gobel, the info profit, uh, propaganda meister for Hitler's info oh, machine. Goebbels. Go yeah, Goebbels. There's no R in it, but that's that's how they pronounce it. He absolutely said that it doesn't matter if disinformation is true or not, only if it creates confusion and chaos in the marketplace of ideas. Yeah, and that's what they want. Sure, that's how they absolutely. do it. And that's why they want to control both sides of the narrative, and, being the opposition force and the uh, and, uh, driving force. And you see what that is, because the people are technically conditioned. They've been using Pavlovian techniques and approaches here. And ding, ding. Ding, ding. And, and what I learned one day, uh, you know, and I got a, this was, oh, I was listening to R, RBN, year, this is years ago, okay? And they mm -hmm. had a show on there with some guys that were experts in condition response. And oh, yeah. it was a very interesting show, but the one thing that I carried away from it was they said the more conditions that are added, the deeper, no, the more responses that are added, the deeper the conditioning takes effect. So the more they pile on these different situations and hit you with all that stuff, and people wonder why, our, why nobody wants to do anything is because there's zombies in this catatonic state that's caused by that right there that you just talked about. It's the analogous well, to spinning in the rabbit hole. If you're in the rabbit oh, hole and you're, you're not going forward and you're not coming back out, you're just sitting there spinning like a top. A tornadic vortex. In fact, the, uh, the movie Twister uh, was a really interesting one because when they were creating their modeling little toys to fly up and they backed their red Dodge truck into the tornado vortex and they tied themselves to a well pump house that the tornado went over they were looking up the vortex and watching this shaft of light coming down through it while they were very close to being sucked up in it and this is how we feel when we're going down the red pill rabbit hole and we're finding out all these truths that are so shaking to your perceptions of what you've been told all these years the truth can be terrifying in times well, of outrageous life. Well, well, I'm going to tell you what, people, you, you, you guys are out there hopefully talking to folks about this, and you throw it in front of some people and you're going to see terror. You get so many varied reactions. You get disbelief, you get terror, you get antagonism. 
uh, all that stuff from folks, man. I mean, even Greg, Greg, <laughs> Greg, I hymned me one night and he goes, did we hurt him? <laughs> well, kind of. He, he goes, man, since I've been telling your stuff, to my friends, they're not my friends anymore. <laughs> And I said, well, Greg, they were, now you know they were only acquaintances, A, and B, man, I mean, this thing breaks up marriages, families, holy smoke, it's volatile. It ain't easy being a patriot in these days, no, I'll tell you. I, I, and listen, I tell you, carrying the water bucket of truth is, is quite a chore. Uh, and costly <laughs> can be can be uh but uh the the goal is that you got your sanity and hopefully you're on the way to becoming empowered um by the way i got a little footnote <laughs> footnote here um yeah i was so happy to have harvey on yesterday I'm gonna have to have him on oh, in absolutely. fact we need to get harvey see if harvey'd have his own weekly show and do health stuff and stuff because man he is a whiz bang at that stuff okay um only on once a week it would be an improvement and that yeah. may be uh way well, he's into it because he was surely enjoyable to listen to well, he's, and so matter of factly a true heart spirit he is a he is a real gem of an individual. I've you know come across a lot of people in my lifetime, and Harvey Weisong is as fine a one as I've ever come across and gotten to know. Um, but in our conversation, we don't get to talk enough over all these years either, and so it's nice. That's one of the reasons I wanted to sign up under Harvey on this is so I'd have a chance not only to interact with him more, but also to help him. You know, after the the 10, 10 plus years he's been through uh, trying to keep his mom alive and not keep her in a, a nursing home and uh, just an all-around good guy, great family, all, all that, okay? But in our conversation I was mentioning, this has to do with Shane, and you'd know this is one of the few days Shane hadn't called in. Um, but uh, I was mentioning... Hope he's okay. He's okay. Uh, I was mentioning this uh, frivolous filing penalty that he received recently, and I've been there in the day that goes by that I don't think about the response. I like to have a few days and roll. At this stage, I've learned that you don't immediately sit down and respond, that you let the dust settle and you ruminate and you noodle over some things, and, and then you, you write them back. And I, I've been composing something because I'm going to help Shane and see if I can get us a template response if IRS wants to do this. Okay, And um, hmm. so... Uh, I was looking for this site that we saw about six months ago. Somebody, I don't even remember who it was, sent me a website. It was on U.S. national stuff, had the passport, had some wrong information in there, but I don't hold those guys' feet to the fire too close on that because I understand the complexity of it. Um, but they had a list of sites there towards the bottom. And in one of them, I'd never seen before. We talked about it on the air, mentioned it a couple of times, and it said... It said, if the person cannot prove they're not a citizen of the United States, the IRS can move to assessment and collections. Okay, here's Shane. Shane, Shane heard his name. He he got his, his chain That's yanked. Me. He got his chain yanked, and he decided what to come that? see what was for dinner. Hey, <laughs> okay, Shane, I'm glad yeah, you yeah, called in. Just is pretty much a geriatric 
um, meetings. So. Well, that's pretty much know. all. <laughs> since well, Shane, most of us are most of us around here are pretty geriatric, pal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So this pertains to you, Shane, and to the audience also. Yeah. We might as well nip this IRS thing right in the bud, don't you think? Yes. Okay, so I'm talking to Harvey, and I'm talking about that site I just quoted. Unless the person can prove he's not a citizen of the United States. the I think it's a, an appellate level decision. The, um, the uh, IRS can move on to assessment and collection. Well, I, I went back later to get that quote, that site, and save it, and when I went to the website, it was... It was some good old boys in Arkansas up there by Doug, I guess, selling copper moonshine equipment. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, coppermoonshine.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. So uh, it, my, my site wasn't on there. And now this letter, this response to Shane comes along on this frivolous. You know what it is, Shane? It's a frivolous, frivolous filing penalty. <laughs> Oh, I have a maximum of ball up right here. That's well, this oh, I'm going to shove this. Hey, Chris, I'm shoving this right up their barracks bag, buddy. Okay. You might want to This is as soft. It's almost more sophomoric than that damn bluff letter that the Secretary of State was sending out. So anyway, I was looking for that site because the response that I've kind of conjured up in my mind, that is just real critical to the whole concept I wanted to lay out and say, and Harvey's got it. He saved it and put it in his quote thing. Ever since I've known Harvey, almost 30 years, when I met him, he said, oh, I've got this book I've compiled, compiled on quotes. And over 30, ah. and I mean, it was extensive back then. Okay, and he's been adding to it for all these years, and he saw that one and added it in there. He said, I'll go get it for you. So we got it, and we're going to utilize it in this bluff letter that I'm going to, or this response to this absolute ridiculous filing penalty, a frivolous filing penalty for something that didn't, for, for submitting a legal document that's been approved by the highest office in the government. I mean, come on, it's absurd. <laughs> Well, here is a a maxim of law that's irrefutable that you can use in this rebuttal of this presumptive letter, this confirmatory letter, and that is, he who accuses must prove. And they're accusing Shane of something, and they haven't proved it yet. They're making a false presumption and an assumption, and therefore they're trying to label him as something when he didn't do what they're well, trying no, no, to label him. No, no they're not. No, they're not. Well, they're labeling him as somebody that's liable for their frivolous filing penalty. Now, this would be one way to approach this. You got to yeah, statutes. No, uh-uh. You don't want to use statutes, man. The statutes aren't operative. The regulations. No, the regulations control. Okay. Now, the way this is set up, you've got. The Code of Federal or the United States Code, they don't call it code for nothing, okay? You got the United States Code and 50 titles. Underneath it, each title has an accompanying uh, a Code of Federal Regulations. They call it the CFR. Those are the little laws that are man made by the agencies. Those are what's enforced on residents. It's not statutes, it's regulations. 
Okay, so and it's complex. I mean, it's complex as hell because every regulation, if it's one regulation, let's say 871B, okay, in the statutes, Chris, right. and you go down to the Code of Federal Regulations, well, now you got to go to different parts. There's different parts that can all relate to that one statute depending on how the part is dictated. Okay. I mean, it's incredibly complex. If I was if I was up to doing the research, because I hate digging through all that crap, um, I would go in and find out what regulation that they're utilizing to whip this five thousand dollar frivolous piling penalty on you, and then go back and tear them apart that way. Okay, because you can do it that way. All right. Now, but the easier way, and like I said, I want to get something here. If this is something that they're going to start doing, if, if our people want to send this in, some of you don't want to, and I'm not sure you have to, but some people do want to, okay? And if you are going to follow through on that, and they are going to start responding with this, I'd like to have us a template letter, just like they send out, that we can just send right back to them. And so the first thing to do, I think, Chris, is not to mess with any of that parts, regulations, code. Then you're playing over there in their arena. Okay? Let's not play in their arena. We've been playing in their arena most of our lives, and most of us hadn't come out too good on it. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's take, now that we know the scam, Let's take a little different approach and ram the scam up their barracks bag. That's what I want to do here. So I'm going to start out, I think, Chris, and I'm just like, it's not written down. I'm just toying with it. I start out telling Miss, Miss Christina that I'm so sorry that she has obviously overlooked some things and has some of her facts not quite straight. And I think the first thing that I would do is come in and lay in the uh, a certificate of non-citizen nationality from the aforementioned State Department, okay? And go in there and take that first line out of the third paragraph and lay it in there as the opening part of your letter for your ammunition. And then take and, Shane, you're going to have to do some of this. I'm going to write the letter for you, but you're going to have to compose everything, okay? And, oh, yes. I mean, compose in, in the fact that you're going to have to get it all together. There's going to be some attachments. The first attachment, mm -hmm. and we're going to put in there incorporated by reference, and you're going to go and make a copy. you got a printer, don't you, Shane? Uh, yes. Okay, we're going to print straight off of the Internet that letter from the Secretary of State, uh, the Certificate mm -hmm. of Non-Citizen Nationality, and you lay that first sentence of the third paragraph in there, and then you attach the entire document to your letter when you send it in. And then we're going to go back and pull out that uh, great case from 1835 with the fact that the Secretary of State, what determines citizenship is whatever documentation if uh, is in the Secretary's possession if admissible in a court of law should be considered to higher and better evidence. That's what the site says. And what did you say? CRC versus Enrique Whatever the hell, Whatever the hell those names were, okay? And uh, D.R. Basie is one of them. But, um, and then we're going to lay that in there to set the stage to say, this is what we submitted to you. We did not file a 
Any of the following documents we did not file, a 1040 form, a Jewish shetar, or a statute staple contract. None of those were in the package, and those are things that you file, and in case, Miss Christina, you hadn't realized it, those are contracts. We didn't file a contract. We filed, sent you, uh, submitted, that's the word I'm going to use, we submitted to you a legal document, a unrebutted affidavit filed with the above mentioned in the court site, Secretary of State of the United States. I was simply letting you, a secondary agency in this authority to the Secretary of State, be put on notice that this had been filed and remains unrebutted in, what, five years? Yes. Okay. Now, also, Shane, you got a copier there, or do you need to go to the little store on the corner? I have a copier. You do? All right. Well, you're going to want to also one, yeah. make, uh, I would say, even suggest maybe a color copy of the, Ooh, uh, of, of, the, of the front page of your passport application with your picture and all that, because now they can link oh. the passport back to the affidavit. Okay, and then we're going to go down, and uh, let's see what else is in there that I had on my mind. And then we're going to go in, and she says in that letter that uh, the arguments which you put forth have all been knocked down by the court. And that's where we're going to call her attention and say, here, you, obviously you didn't research Westlaw or Nexus Lexus enough, and we're going to drop that little court site in there that says if the person cannot prove they're not a citizen of the United States, and then we got everything above it absolutely verifying that the Secretary of State, you can prove you're not a United States. You got the equivocation with the uh, a citizen a certificate of non-citizen nationality. And I think we can lay three or four things like that down. And Shane, okay. if you ever hear from these people, I'd be shocked. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You might also want to note Title 18 USC Section 911, which says if a person cannot prove they're a U.S. citizen, which, of course, it would be ludicrous to think you could prove you're a dead corporate fictitious entity because you couldn't respond if you were, then you're committing a felony crime. Well, there's a lot of embellishments oh, we can put on there, and I'm just going to write out a what just kind of like what I went over uh, with you just now, and then I'm going to, Chris, I'm going to send you a copy. And uh, uh, for your editing and, and 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 remarks, and I'm gonna also do the same with Mr. Mr. Brent, and uh, we'll put something together that is a good template type response for any of these absolutely ludicrous situations in the future, because you know they they give you a penalty for a contractual thing. And this ain't no contract. This is citizenship evidence, according to the State Department. So what we're going to do with this, Shane, and I'm glad that it happened. We're going to shove this yep. right. We're going to shove this right up their barracks bag, buddy. As you said, a penalty. Can I turn the penalty on them? Nah, not really. Because then you got to enforce it. Otherwise, it's just an empty threat. You don't. You don't. Shane, have you ever been in court? Uh, multiple times, yes. Have you been pro se? 
Um, I, I do not believe so. Okay, so you always had an attorney and counsel when you were in there. What were you in the court for, Shane? You, yes. What you gonna here, uh, youth, get that closet youth, door uh, open? No, get that closet door open. I want to drag some of them skeletons out. What the hell were you in court for, Shane? Uh, drugs, um, uh, stealing, things like that. You know, drugs and uh, stealing, Shane. Well, Shane, and then let me ask you the next question: Are you reformed? Yes. <laughs> Born again. Okay. You may call it. People are already sending me messages. Send me a copy of Shane's letter. We haven't even written it yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. And Chris, can you also forward me the, the text? Of course. Thank you. There you go. So anyway, oh, I wanted right. to cover that, and I was real pleased that Harvey said, oh, I, I kept that. And I went, oh, God bless you, man. Because <laughs> it was really, I wanted that side in there because it's so important to the rest of the kind of the concept and the theme I wanted to lay out in it. Um, you know, yes. listen, I'll tell you a funny story. Back in the early days in Atlanta, it was we were just pioneering this stuff right after John and Glenn got raided and then all of us were kind of out there on our own. And I was running the little group we had there together in Atlanta. And we had a gal in there. I can't remember her name. It was her and her boyfriend. He was a Canadian chiropractor, and he's since died. But I'll think of her name in a minute. And uh, she ran a blood lab, owned and ran a lab to process and, you know, do tests, laboratory tests and stuff. And she got into... Phlebotomy. No, no, not a phlebotomy. I don't, she had this blood thing going. She wasn't a vampire. It was a legitimate lab, okay? So anyway, she got in a urinating match with Equifax <laughs> over something. And then, and it, it made her so mad, and she was so aggressive that she sued Equifax for whatever had happened, okay? I, don't, I just don't remember all the details too many years ago. But when you sue something like that, as Chris knows, you get these two little magic things called interrogatories and depositions, Right, and so she's in an interrogatory with Equifax there in Atlanta, pretty big outfit right downtown, and uh, she gets into the deposition, and and she came later and told me this. She said the very first question they asked her, "Does Roger Sales write your letters?" <laughs> and no, no kidding. Well, they had me be beaded out real early, and. Uh, and her being the personality she was, she got very offended. And she said, I'll have you know, I write my own letters. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. Um, we've had some experiences in this path for third, almost 30 years now, folks. I don't know how many of you are new to this. If you're just coming along, somebody told you there's this crazy bunch that gets on the radio every weekday. Maybe you just stumbled into this. Uh, if so, you have no idea the sacrifices that have been made to get us to this point. You got no idea. Okay. You could not fathom the sacrifices that have been made to get this project and this information to this point right here today. So, Roger? Yes, Shane. I have a question. Yes, can you please uh, 
elaborate or expound on the, the uh, concept of uh, the DS-11 passport application uh, affidavit to uh, the Secretary of State? Well, what do you want? What do you need expounded on there, Shane? The DS-11 is the is the passport application form. Mm-hmm. If you're applying for a passport, but right. as we know, and 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 you see, if we didn't understand that this was the feudal system, you wouldn't understand this aspect of it. That you don't have to apply for a passport; you can send it to them cold. Why? Because in the feudal era, if you were in a condition of voluntary servitude, you could volunteer out at any time, just same way you volunteered in. There was only one restriction, Shane. If you had been given consideration when you went through your oath of fealty, in other words, if they he said, okay, you're going to come in here, I'm going to give you an extra 150 on the side, right? If that was the case, when you volunteered out, you had to give the consideration back. That's the only condition. I asked John about it before he died. Okay. So Douglas, Douglas, do you know those guys up there that sell? Uh, Thank you. That copper, copper still making stuff up there in Arkansas. Well, if I did, my response would be, "I'll drink to that." <laughs> <laughs> Good, Doug. Good entrance. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I try. You anyway, did. so wonderful show yesterday, as I mentioned to you, and thanks for responding to me. And the I'm looking at this uh, issue right now that you folks are talking about. And by the way, I very much appreciate hearing Chris because I could just listen to him all day long. Uh, I tried I, I tried to his... well Doug, I tried to get him to have his own show and he wants to come in here and be my sidekick and that's fine with me. So I appreciate him too. As, as the whole audience appreciates Chris. Well if he were well. my neighbor if he were my neighbor I'd be uh bugging him all the time. You know, I'd be, you know, three o'clock in the morning, I'm knocking on the door. Hey, here's was, a donut. What uh, was that site again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Chris, here's uh, another what's, one. What's here's, that? listen, this is maybe something else on this Shane letter. I'm sorry <laughs> to interrupt, Doug, but this is important. We make and also, Shane, when you did that affidavit, yeah. did you do the jurat, the penalty of perjury without the United States on it? I believe I made it with the United States of America. Okay, if you did that, that's just additional confirmation. And, Chris, I will lean on you and get that Title 18 or wherever it is with the within and without clause, and we'll add that in there too. Great. So go ahead, Doug. That just came in my mind, and I want to blurt it out, so I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead with what you're saying if you can remember it. Yeah, well, yeah, I I still have two brain cells to rub together, so I think I'm still there. But uh, is when I used to when I was involved in different court cases on my own behalf, I used to use the sui juris rather than the pro se. Nevertheless, uh, the yeah, actually it's and pro- I also used to 
I think the most accurate one, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, is pro per. I term that to be in natural proper person. Yes, in your natural proper person. Go ahead, Doug. Sorry to interrupt uh, again. That's okay. Uh, so, and I also used to use as the document, which was the Constitution of the United States of America. I think it was the 1787 version. I, I mean, it's been a long time now. Constitution 4, 1787, yes. Exactly, yeah. So I used to use that. But back to the subject matter you guys have been talking about, and you started talking about cicadas versus uh, the locusts. Oh, and cicadas. Just so no, I thought you said potatoes. I was going, we were talking about potatoes? <laughs> cicadas. Well, you know, you say potato, I say cicadas. <laughs> So anyway, as it so happens, I got a call from a dear brother in Missouri, and he had moved there from uh, the east, and he was talking to me about this sound out there. And I said, yeah, those are cicadas, okay? And so we debated what they were, and I, I said, I think they're related to the or they might be the same thing as a locust well i researched it and they are related in some way okay as far as their uh probably latin biological term so they are related in some way but they're totally different the uh locust is more like a large grasshopper and the cicada is as you described it. So I hadn't seen any. I see them every year, a, a few here and there, and they'll attach. My whole house is uh, cedar-sided, so I, I might see a dozen or two dozen of these, um, the the leavings. The shell. You know, the, the shell. The molt, yeah. I think they call so, it technically. But I, I, I hadn't seen any this year, so I walk out the next morning out my basement door, and there laying there is a cicada. <laughs> and the shell is next to it. Really? But it was being, it, it must have just come out of the shell because all these rather large, not the sugar ants, but the, all these large black ants, they just attacked the thing. And by about four hours later, it was gone. It was eaten. Okay. You didn't, now, dead, here's you my didn't point. try and rescue it? It was dead already. Oh, okay. It was no, and, and uh, although I do know CPR. <laughs> uh, you weren't going to. Some take rings or threads and tie them to them, let them fly around attached to the clothing. Yeah, those are June bugs. You used to do that with those things. Doug, do you yeah, like so lobster? Do you like lobster? Do you like lobster? Go ahead. Do you like lobster? Oh yeah, you do. Yeah. You know I what? Like lobster. You know what? Lobster's closest connection is in the pecking order there. To to what? 
What's what's the lobster's so what, closest? Yeah, well, what's the lobster's closest? Hard... Re- I'm asking what the lobster's closest uh, relative is. Shrimp. Oh, crawdads. Yeah, I would I, I would say crawdads. Yeah. How, how about cockroaches? Oh, there you go. Well, the the scripture says to not eat them, but when I moved away as a young, my first time I w- moved away from my hometown, all my buddies, and of course, this is New Bedford, I got all these fishermen buddies, lobster fishermen, and they uh, they threw a party for me. They emptied out all the shelves, all the drawers in my refrigerator, and filled it up with lobsters. Uh, you know, uh, so I'm familiar with it. Okay. With lobsters All and right. with butter and some garlic and et cetera. <laughs> yeah. Yum. A little corn but, on the cob. Anyway, back to uh, – so anyway, back to this uh, uh, bug thing. It was interesting as I'm listening to your show, and this relates – I'm making a point here – that as soon as you come out of that, these ants attack this thing – as soon as it came out, and there you go. most of these uh, molting insects, when they come out, their outer skin hasn't hardened yet, and no, etc. So they're vulnerable. It yeah. can't fly yet. Okay, so it, it it was attacked immediately. So the same is the case, in a sense, to the birth certificate. As soon as that thing is signed, these it's never signed. Rats, these insects. Well, whatever. As soon as, as soon as it's documented, yeah, they're they're on you. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's my point there. Well, it's like honey in the beehive. The minute they get it spit out of the Bureau of Vital Statistics, they run over and put it in a safe that is manned by armed guards twenty four seven. Obviously, they want to protect so it. it. It's important to them, or they wouldn't go through that length uh, to do that. Yeah, and so I uh, mentioned to you in my email that I'm getting, I'm rereading your book. So I'm at the prologue before the show came on here, and so the notes I've made from today's show are at, are are an indentation or an addition to the rest of the notes I'm going to take, because I'm only on the prologue here, but I make, I like to make notes and uh, this will go in my, you know, two foot high, eight and a half by 11 pages of different notes on everything from uh, A to Z. Well, what you're reading right now, Doug, what you're reading right now is the foreword, I think. And it was written by, Another one of the a very good friend of Harvey's too, uh, one of the finest men I've ever known. His name was David Strait, and I'm sorry he's gone. That's what it says. Yep. So it's interesting. I'm going through this. This is my second reading because I I want to get this affidavit done and do the application because, as I told you months ago. I have other people interested in doing the same thing because of the effect, the positive effect of the regarding status. Of course, that's the issue here. Yep. So 
So that's my two cents. Well, good, Doug. I appreciate you what you're doing, what you've told us, and I appreciate that you're spreading the word and talking to folks about it. This freedom stuff it can be contagious if you get it in the right group. And I maintain that every time they receive one of these up there at the Secretary of State, that somebody on the seventh floor sphincter muscle tightens. Okay? And... Uh, and now well, me, we, we see the IRS responding in this. There's no other way, when you really understand what they did to Shane, there's no other way than that's an act of absolute offensive desperation that has no background or basis. And it's wonderful and, in a sense. Me, it scares the, scares the ship high in transit out of people when they get stuff from those folks. I understand that I was in the same condition. But now we've got the upper hand, and you can see it by what happened with Shane. And I'd like to say this regarding Shane. Hi, Shane. Uh, this. Hi. And this, and this is uh, another maxim, if you will. You have to be a belligerent coin absolutely now, what is belligerent? yeah and what does it mean to be belligerent well you're kind of ticked off okay you got an attitude and if you if you become fearful then you can't have that done. attitude if you if you got fear in your heart yeah. you can't belligerently stand up to them now Belligerent doesn't mean like Doug when he's back in his judo days. Doesn't mean like getting in there and taking the judge and doing a hand spin and throwing him across the room. Okay. Well, all it means is that you are absolutely steadfast in defending your position. However, men are to be men. I like. I really also enjoy. You have so many great people, including yourself, uh, you, on sir. your. Radio Ranch uh, Smorgasbord show that, uh, and I, as because of my experiences in the martial arts and in fighting on the streets, uh, I, I, it, when it comes to having to go into something like that, then I'm, I'm already ready. I, I have the mental attitude and I'm ready because these, our enemy deserves no respect they don't play by any rules so you better have the attitude they deserve to... doug they deserve no quarter exactly these people no. there yeah. needs to be when when this all shakes out there something needs to happen that they will never forget this again. Well, there are two situations from a, a fighting point of view. One is where I institute it, and one, uh, so I'm on an offensive, and the other is where someone else is coming uh, at me, and so I'm defending. But what I do is I... I'm not afraid, and I'm well-trained from age five. So I have no fear. So what I quickly do is I turn from being defensive to being offensive. Offense and is the best defense, buddy. 
Yep. And so, but you, but like Sun Tzu taught the many things he did, if you don't understand, if you underestimate or overestimate your enemy, then you lose. Well, what we're doing, there's another, there's something else he says in there that's real important. And that's what we do here. He said the best way to win any battle. Do you know, you know, do you remember that part? Well, I think it's to be prepared, but no, go to, ahead. to win without a single shot being fired. And you see, mm. that's what mm-hmm. we've done. Mm-hmm. We found how their little deal structured. We found we know it's based on fraud. We found the weak nexus, and we attacked the weak nexus. And see, I relate that then from Ephesians chapter 6 about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So... This is all about uh, all the, all the uh, armor, et cetera. You have the breastplate of um, uh, righteousness, I think it is, and you have the helmet of salvation. These are protective things. These are defensive things, and the only offensive thing that you have now a shield can be used to bump somebody off of their footing, et cetera. Um, you can use a headbutt. So, but primarily, it's you, there's one weapon, and that's the sword of truth, the sword of the spirit. So, you have to. Shane has to be. All of us have to be convinced in what we understand, the truth of it, the the weight of it. That's why I tell everybody. You if, have. If you're new and you're listening to this early on. The one way to assure your success on this path is just what Doug said. You've got to make this information yours. It's not that I heard some guy talking about it on the radio. I went and looked at it, okay? And then when I looked at it and saw it, I made it mine. And now it's part of me. And I internalize all those different facts and mysteriously become empowered. Yeah, like, like that guy to... that wrote you the letter yeah. there. The guy that wrote you, the, that did the response letter. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Yeah, Chris has got something. He's been trying to step in here for a minute. Chris, what's on your mind there, brother? A couple of things on what Doug was espousing, and I totally agree with, is that it's something that they make a lot of mistakes in what I perceive as a community, is they want to go at it from a warring aspect or in a... Um, uh, maybe violent or fighting as opposed to defending. We always want to be in a defensive posture and term our acts as defensive, seeking redress for grievances. I think that's critical for success. But also, he talked about the term being a belligerent claimant. I think that's epitomized by the network movie and the Howard Bill and is going to the window and shouting, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. That is a belligerent claimant, and I am a character actor, and I've portrayed that several times on the air, on this channel and other channels, and someone has tried to pervert that to that being my mind of set, and that I'm being mad and I'm going to do something violent without any basis whatsoever, because I guess that's testimony to that I'm a pretty good character actor. <laughs> Do they have a do they have a dance good part? Character actor. Do they have a dance part in that film there? 
they may have had. I don't recall. If not, they ought to write one in for you, Chris. The John Travolta of the Radio Ranch. <laughs> Doug, sorry we've interrupted you four or yes, five sir. times. I know you're on track. Keep going. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this is why I say uh, I love you, the people you have that comment on on your show. Uh, they're so excellent, well-studied people that, like even today, I was, I didn't want to call because I was waiting for a break because I don't get to hear Chris enough, and I wanted to hear everything, uh, the pearls of wisdom and knowledge of law and et cetera, uh, out of his mouth there and mine. So the... This thing, I want to ask you a question here. This came up on yesterday's show, but again, uh, no, not not yesterday. Was it yesterday's show? No, I think it was the day before. Whatever. Tuesday. But you guys were talking about the C, the the C A F R, the you know compre- yeah. comprehensive annual financial report. Correct. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm saying, wow, if you get rid of the A. You got CFR, and aren't these two groups kind of closely related as to their what the what they do? Well, they're a policy. They're a policy organization, and setting up something like that when you control everything is a policy decision. So, I would probably agree with you. Well, I'm thinking maybe the CF the uh, the CAFA report are actually controlled by the CFR. Well, I'm, I don't sure they, know, I'm sure they set it, up the system, the dual bookkeeping system, but as for immediate control, I yeah. don't know. You know, you live you live in around Fayetteville, or are you outside of Fayetteville? No, I'm in the city limits. Okay, well, Fayetteville's got uh, their own set of second books, and I doubt if they consult with the CFR. Say, Doug. Yes, sir. Just on your your little observation there, taking out the uh, uh, R, it could be cat the C the CFR, taking out the A. If you added an L in between the A and the F, it could be the calf of Ra, the sun god, that golden calf. Well, we know that these people are definitely occultists. They you know, are pagans, occultists. They everything, their numbers, all of it. You, if if you one of the guys, uh, a, this good friend of mine that does a number of shows a week off of his page, uh, off of his network thing, uh, he is always mentioning numbers in, in news articles, etc. And it'll always be like, you know, kind of like the nine one one thing, which goes way way back in time. The, the date, the numbers, but but the numbers. And these people are obsessed with this. Oh, they, and they, the, their, whole game, kind of, their whole game is built on Kabbalah, and it's all based on that. And they so they pull their, just like, you know, the Napoleon thing and all these hand signs and everything, they pull their, their shoulder up to their mouth and kind of hide things. And it, this is it. But... Thanks to you and your the people that taught you and many others and Chris and 
Daryl is a, a wealth of information himself. He, he's Absolutely. a uh, a prolific studier, and I greatly appreciate his research and his input. He, he this stuff he's made it well. He's made it his own. Okay, he's taken this information, all these books and everything, and made it his own. So, and then he has because this wasn't a one-time reading, et cetera. He, he actually is using, doing it, doing the information. He has that uh, diligence to do that. Uh, he speaks as a wise man. It's not a, he's not just speaking off the top of his head. He's studied things, all the, the, the web of information and how one book and one information and one practice that these Kabbalists and, and et cetera, cultists use there because of the time he has spent doing this and he's diligent, he's vigilant, then he's able to put it into an easily understandable explanation. And Everybody, no matter what you want to do, if you want to be a good car mechanic or a martial artist or a, a, a talk show, you have to do it. You got to spend the time. Nobody comes out of the womb walking. If, if you're unstable when you try to take your first steps and then pretty soon, because of practice, you're running. So this is life. This is what it is. Nothing is free. It takes work. If you want to become good at anything, at understanding concepts, precepts, and the enemy, then you just have to spend, you're just going to have to sacrifice some of your time and enjoyment in this pursuit. You just oh, it's have a, to. Well, listen, <laughs> you've got to prioritize <laughs> and decide what's important to you. Yeah. And if you think yeah. you're going to get this without some sacrifice, well, let me just tell you, don't even start. If you're adverse to sacrifice, don't even start down this path. Go ahead and use it, in, under internalizing information and, and get your sanity back. But, uh, uh, but you're under a severe disadvantage. You've got to re That's why knowing the information is what starts your empowerment process because you see it's real and you see their fraud. And the more that you integrate that into your thinking and your belief level and the more strong, the stronger it gets, the more empowered you are. And that's just a and process you know, and it just continues. And Doug, and when you file that affidavit, I'm going to tell you right now, nothing's going to change. I mean, the, the, the next day, the, you're going to walk out, there's going to be the dead Kata did on the sidewalk and the mailman, the milkman, all your regular stuff, nothing changes. But you have changed. Okay. Well, I've already changed sure, uh, a long sure. time ago. Yeah, and yeah, I'm continuing yeah. to. Uh, absolutely. But, well, you know, I was... You're I, continuing, continuing to become empowered. Because I'm a truth seeker. I yep. love all truth. I yep. like learning about Katie did. You know, I, I could have better things to do, but it's something that crossed my path. But I, I love, I love my father's word. I love martial arts. I love 
medicine, medical knowledge in that. That's why that was intriguing to me. I spent just a lot of my life studying these things, and and I love the legal thing. Yeah. I, you okay. know, it's funny the, the how legal you, knowledge. You, you know, as I've said numerous times, most of us, when we get into this, about the extent of our legal knowledge is whatever we saw in Perry Mason, okay? And so you get into this and you find out that isn't right at all, and you start learning, if you, if you do, and internalizing it. And what I've found is how much it helped me in my life in general to understand these principles, and I'm going to tell you what, buddy, when I got in that accident, that serious accident in Argentina, man, I had a wealth of, of legal process and stuff to, to draw back on to go into that horrible experience. Uh, the first time that I really sat down with my Argentinian attorney, the, he was real good, man. His father was a judge and all that stuff. He's real smart. And I started laying out some of this stuff to him. And I remember he turned to me and he said, Man, you know a lot about the law. He made that comment, okay? But I, even in personal dealings and stuff uh, 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 over the years, um, you know, you learn that, hey, don't accept service because if you don't accept service, they can't take you to court. <laughs> Just little things like that, see? <laughs> yeah. And um, but yet they can, because uh, I dealt with a situation like that. Uh, I won't go into the details. It's it's somewhat lengthy, but and the judge, they okay, they can't take you to court. They just rule against you. They find against you when someone claims, "Hey, you're not contactable." <laughs> okay, we tried to we tried to send you notice, oh, but well, you I, weren't. I, I was and talking, I, and I said to the. I was mentioning, oh, I was alluding more to a person-to-person deal rather than something coming after you with the state. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm thankful for people like you and uh, et cetera here on the, the radio ranch and because you can tell a lot about people. They're consistent. And what's the opposite of, of being a true individual, someone that even not having met, you believe you can trust it? Well, there's no hypocrisy in it. They're, they don't change. One day they don't say one thing, and then the next thing their maxim changes, which you find everywhere. But that's not the case with uh, with your well, that's because you and because we're people. based we're based on absolute truth and solid facts, history, and principles. Okay, and and, and it's not let just me, for ourselves. Let me no, it's not. It's for everybody if they want to partake. Let me yeah. also say, and I mentioned it before, uh, you cannot. It's very difficult. Let's not say you cannot. It's very difficult to lie on the radio. Okay. You can, they can do it on television. We see it in television constantly. But it's very difficult to lie on the radio. And the acid proof of that is the fact that there's never been a liberal radio show or network that made it. Never. Well, now, and I'll say this about that. Because one of my hobbies is as I watch movies from the 50s and etc 
all the way up. And I'm not really, I, I don't watch much of the newest stuff that comes out, but these are old Gunsmoke, and I just finished Wholesome. watching some of Colum- Columbo and et cetera. Well, the thing is, even back then, they had transvestites in, in the thing. Number two, there's always cognizant dissident stuff going on, always. I mean, not continuously, but it's there. The glass is there, then it's not there, then it's back there, you know, as they shift from scene to scene to scene. This is, because of the way our brains work, uh, being like a recorder, if you're... If you're aware and you can see this stuff, it, it jumps out at you. And the more you do it, the more it jumps out at you. And this is a a subliminal thing that happens all the time. Today, in today's uh, climate, the the queers and the transgenders and the um, the transvestites. It's in your face all the time. You uh-huh. don't know who's. I mean, listen. just just look at just look at the sports thing, Doug. That go, that is happening right now. Yes, sir. It's about to get worse. Um, I don't know. Are any of you? How many of you? And I, I kind of thank Daryl for prodding me over there, and that's prodding me in the direction of Rick Wiles. I've been familiar with Rick Wiles for years. Some of my very early students were real big uh, fans of his and listened to him all the time. But I have uh, gotten into the habit of looking at his daily show here recently. Did any of you see last night? Guess not. Uh, that's not me. True News, T-R-U-N-E-W-S dot com is his website. Uh, Rick Wiles, a fine Christian man. Uh, and they discuss some Things at to to the amount of their level of understanding, they uh, discuss things very in depth to those levels. Let's put it that way. Okay, they're they're not where we are yet, and that's why I've said several times. Do you think Rick Wall's ready for our information yet? He's got a real sharp attorney on there, and he's got another sidekick guy that he works with, and they have three person discussions. And for a good lord long time, the shows are pretty long, and they go very in depth. Well, last night was very interesting. It was on this, what you're touching on right now, Doug. And they, there is a production that's about to be released. It's a combination of HBO and BBC. They did it in connection with each other. And BBC will show it in England and HBO will show it in the U.S. And it is a film called Years, Af- years After Years, or Years and Years, I think, is the title of it. Now, the setup on it, and they showed a little excerpt in last night's show, okay? A little clip of it. Um, the, the premise is that a husband and wife had a daughter. And as she got up in her teenage years, she said she didn't want to be identified as male or female. She wants to be identified as data. Data, D-A-T-A. And that she goes on with this and becomes evidently the Prime Minister of Britain. (laughs) 
And uh, she's going, uh, I mean, I don't really know the whole thing. They showed a bunch of real, it was a, a lot of clips put together, but it, this is coming out and they're telling us what's coming. Man, you think this LGBT movement is bad now? You, you just wait a couple of years, brother. Roger. Yes. Well, I, have, I have a very close friend here in Las Vegas who has that very situation occurring in his house. He had a daughter, and she was an okay girl, but she was kind of a little bit butchy. She went through the hormone injection. She now has a beard and mustache. She's wanting to have her uh, have a sew-on penis and wants to become a man and insisting that he indulge in her delusion conclusions that she can change her sexuality from her genetic birth status to something that she chooses to be rather than what God made her in the first place. Well, tell him to have her, guy, have her immediately contact Lorena Bobbitt. Oh, yeah, well, I know, I know and John Bobbitt. I know about the Bobbittectomy or the Bobbittophamy, as the case may be. And so I can tell you that this guy is, he's a hardcore patriot. In fact, I was supposed to have him with some paperwork, except I only had two days to do anything or two and a half days, and I couldn't get anything done. So I told him to put in a motion to expand time to respond for extenuating mitigating yesterday, and I haven't found out if he did or not. But uh, this is like Mondo Bizarro. This girl has become an abuser of him, her and her girlfriends, slash boyfriends or whatever they are, have damaged his cars and trucks and home and constantly breaking in and stealing stuff. And it's just a horrific circumstance that these predatory LGBT, whatever they are, insane, maniacal demon acts, uh, these parasites. They're activists. The sodomites. Uh, this is absolutely insane. It is insane. And uh, Daryl, so I, I finally enticed you to call in, huh? Start talking about True News and Rick Weil and that show, and bam, there's Daryl right there on the call-in. They say the only thing worse than talked about is not. <laughs> hey, guy. Hey, guy. Uh, let me run this through this. Roger, uh, Chris, Shane, and Doug. Yep. Hey, everybody. Uh, well, real interesting stuff here. Uh, the, uh, the LGBT are... And the trans, uh, the LGBT or the, the homo movement moved into the the LGBT as in lesbian, uh, and you can see they just keep adding, making the acronym bigger, and uh, yes. it will continue to expand. And and so what you what you're witnessing, if we break it down a little bit, what you're witnessing. Uh, Starting with, uh, well, actually, you can go to the Great Society Civil Rights Movement uh, uh, as the first proxy warriors, um, uh, where they invaded uh, uh, through through the legalisms. They were able to socially engineer. The next one, when the 70, 72 was Claudia Steinem, the feminist revolution, which was leveraging off what they did in the 60s with the civil rights movement. The next one uh, was, um, you know, take your pick, but it was, it was kind of the, uh, the uh, well, uh, also the hippie cultures in there too uh, as proxy warriors. 
and and then it moves into the homos and and then it moves into um lesbianism and you see they we they just have an endless supply of of proxy warriors and they they use the previous ones up okay they they use they, they destroy and use them up okay the, the civil rights movement basically destroyed the black nuclear family and then they destroy uh the youth uh simultaneously and then as proxy warriors and then they destroy uh the the nature of women is to loving the family <laughs> okay and then uh, they promote sodomy which destroys the uh turns you into a uh a, a sexual uh well what does he michael jones calls it he calls it sexually sterile transit relationships okay and and uh uh then the next one they use uh it just goes on and on and on so the the transgender children now are the next social justice warriors proxy warriors for the continued degradation and 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 so now they'll get to where they actually scientifically uh, through witchcraft. I, I call science a lot of the science is witchcraft. Uh, they'll create uh, new uh, justice warriors, continuing to fracture and atomize into smaller and smaller parts. And and this is uh, well, this is warfare. And what do and, they use? Um, and what do they so use I, as the basis of every one of those? Discrimination. Well, well, yeah. Diversity. No. Oh, no, you're... How can you discriminate against them? Then the minute they get their damn nose under the camels, under the tent, the whole camel's in there. And now they go through a metamorphosis and they don't become little fags over in the corner. They become outright activists in city square. Yeah, well, these are tools, so... Hold on one second. And the point Daryl's making is it's a divide and conquer strategy. Sure, Confucius knew it thousands of years ago. Divide to conquer. We're the ones that don't know it. Yeah, the the, the important thing here is, is to identify this pattern. You know, if you climb up to high enough altitude, you can see the pattern. Uh, and to identify, here's, here's what you need to do uh, when you claim your status. Is uh, Associated with your status is standing. You have a standing. Correct. Okay. Uh, and then with that standing, you have a capacity. So whenever I hear the term status uh, uh, employed, uh, I always attach the next two words. Well, that status has a standing and capacity. And it, it, uh, it is those two other components of status that is the, uh, the garlic to the vampire. <laughs> Listen now, up. now standing, uh, though, have, let me, get, let me interrupt, uh, interrupt for just a second, Daryl, if I may. Standing, the way I understand it, only applies to you being able to interact in a court of justice. Now, this is interesting. We're one of the only countries in the world that recognizes that principle. Brent said that one day, and I picked it up. I was kind of shocked at it, but evidently, according to Brent, the U.S. is one of the only countries in the world that recognizes standing, the concept of standing, which Daryl's talking about. Well, it, it, it's, uh, it is an idea 
and a, a concept that needs uh, could uh, with with Brent on board maybe well, tomorrow. Well, I can give you a little example. Of, I can know? give you an example of it right now. If you were to take a case somebody's court and they'd say you can't bring that case, you don't have any standing. Yeah. Okay, like if you were going to yeah. appeal uh, a a local decision there in Abilama over to the Eleventh uh, Circuit, the the Eleventh Circuit only takes court cases, and the circuit, the appellate level, only takes cases under a couple of different. Uh, trials, you know, there has to be a diversity of court decisions. There's a couple of different rules, or else they just don't take it. And that would be one of yeah. them. You didn't have standing. Yeah. Well, it's uh, uh, in the common law and uh, in jurisdiction. Uh, I think it's it's applicable. Here, here's something I want to draw into this. Uh, that was I was actually. And sort of thought about this morning as I was standing in front of my machine. <laughs> no pun, and no it pun was, intended. Uh, on this, on, no pun intended. On, on this issue of no, no pun intended. Uh, uh, so it was, it was on this uh, very thing that Doug's talking about and has brought out. And uh, <clears throat> so, what is the what is the linchpin <laughs> where you pull the pin on this? And all this goes away. You literally pull the pin on it. You know, uh, it's it's like, uh, what's the pin that hooks the truck to the wagon? And uh, if you look historically, uh, the only time that this kind of behavior, all right, is is manifested, okay, the LGBT, the sodomy, the decadence, and all this. The only time this can happen is when it can be afforded. This behavior is conducted in 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 a world world relatively wealthy, well-to-do locations over history. This is where it transpires. All right, and because it's an indulgence, it's decadence. Yes. And uh, so, if uh, so, yeah. I go back and I look at this. I, I look at the question as not just the personal behavior. I go. Because see, I'm an engineer. I'm I'm a machinist. I'm a uh, I'm a guy that makes things, and so I look at it from an engineering point of view and a logistical point of view. And the point is, well, who's subsidizing this? Okay, who 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 is what is subsidizing this behavior? Because see, it's unnatural behavior, and the only way that it can can uh, proliferate and continue is if it's subsidized. All right. So, uh, you know what makes uh, it possible? The, the proliferation uh, that makes it possible is that sequence that we've read a couple of times that somebody so eloquently put down. The reason it's possible is because we got weak men. Yeah, weak can I add men. to this? Yeah, please do. Well, uh, okay. So I'm looking at this acronym here, and it's uh, LB. This is the most common one now. I know there's probably 25 other letters in other countries maybe, but it's L as in Larry, B as in boy, G as in Gary, no offense to you, Gary, T as in transgender, and Q as in queer. So what this actually is, what it represents, the words, is lesbian, 
by gender, gay, transgender, and queer. And, and you remember I mentioned earlier about, you know, I don't like the homos. I don't like the queers. So anyway, just so people understand, this stands for lesbian, by gender, gay, transgender, and queer. So that's my two cents there. Plus B. I can't think of one category that you just named that I'd want to interact with. Not one of those. One thing they didn't mention specifically that I think is sentient and tells you who's really driving this whole sodomite delusion conclusion is NAMBLA, North American Man-Boy Love Association, and their tranny sexual library story hours so they can fill up children in the guise of reading transgender stories to them is absolutely bizarre and, not, and dangerous well, demonic. All right. And the reason that's happening in those public libraries, again, is because we have weak men. Yeah, so the the uh, uh, this the, the weak man concept, uh, if, if you can if you can follow the logic of this, uh, there's a, a reoccurring pattern that goes again all through thousands of years of history. And, and, uh, and, and here's the pattern, if I can remember it. This is the process. So hard times, uh, let's see, what is it? Hard times come about with um, weak men. Weak men... Uh, uh, no, this is how it goes. It goes, weak man creates hard times. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Correct. Weak men create bad, hard times. See, there's a pattern here. There's, there is a pattern there is a process, and it goes over and over and over and over again. So, uh, well, we're at the end of the cycle, the good times. We're, so we're, we're, we're entering because of weak men uh, and being effeminate and in power, have been empowered through effeminacy, their own effeminacy, and that spirit. Now, well, uh, the good times... The, the harvest has been consumed, the, the resources, the human uh, energy, uh, the spirit, whatever, uh, uh, whatever goodness that came out of the last uh, 250, 300 years here has been consumed, it's been devoured, we're going to enter into the hard times. Uh, this just isn't some me being pessimistic, this is just the... Uh, uh, observing the pattern and uh, uh, plotting it on any number of levels, socially, uh, economically, uh, from a resource point of view. Uh, so uh, the, the empire is, is uh, the American empire is just about over. Uh, we're going through the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, it will continue. Uh, this is why it's so important, I think, to individually get your act together on this knowledge and applying it so that you uh, come out of her. Uh, well, can protect yourself and, and, and yeah, protect yourself, protect your family. Uh, I call it the tribe. I, I have a tribe. 
I have I have very strong tribal instincts, and uh, <laughs> and, and and so then you now it goes back it folds into this other thing. Well, now you're not subsidizing this uh, degraded, aberrant, uh, debased behavior. So all these people that are uh, participating in this are being funded, subsidized uh, by uh, uh, this this commerce. All right. So, Roger, in the beginning of the show, you said something. You go, people need to realize this is the feudal system. Uh, you said that, right? Yep. Okay. Well, who started the feudal system? Actually, I think it, that nobody started it. I think it just kind of evolved. Is the impression I've been able well, to, to yeah. gather? Who, who's who's? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, uh, and it who, was uh, who was identified. <laughs> it was that you know, and I just saw this on a video recently. I mentioned it to Brent one day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually. Hey, Chuck, I'll get to you in a second. Um, as the Roman Empire started, it grew so big. And the empire, like ours, grew so weak internally that they could not provide the legions as protection for all of the towns in the empire. And so the towns started getting raided by the Goths and the Visigoths that were, that were attacking Rome. And the people got unsafe and they started going out and finding Roman people that had big areas of land and saying, can I come work for you? And get some protection from all this, and I'll give you some allegiance. And my understanding, that's really how it evolved out of that. Well, the uh, I, I agree. Uh, I agree. There's a lot. There's a lot to that. That's a whole show. That's that particular area is a whole show. But uh, who who perfected it? Who perfected it and has been identified with perfecting it is uh, uh, Britain. Okay, uh, English, British. Okay, uh, the feudal system. Well, uh, you know, Monty Python's Holy Grail. The the feudal system. All right. Well, it's steeped. Uh, the feudal system that we're in right now is still uh, a a component of them. Yes. Well, All they right? liked who, it. See. Let me ask you a question. Who 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 created who created Israel? The state of Israel. Who created that? Britain. Britain oh. created it. Who are the original Zionists? The uh, British aristocracy. The Sabbateans, but he was in and Britain. British he, he well, in yeah, Britain. but well, yeah, you, but uh, Britain, uh, the, the the Lords, the House, the Privy Council, and the City of London is is the oh. is the manifest. Uh, uh, you know, you can call yourself whatever you want, but if you can't affect anything. Uh, it, it's of no consequence. Oh. The people that made it Zionism of consequence were the British. Okay, uh, I'm not talking about people like like Paul English and and all uh, the British. The English people have been so abused. Yeah. All right. Uh, but it is it is the aristocracy associated with this this elite clique in Britain since. Uh, uh, going all the way back to the 1500s, 
that have implemented this, and Zionism is their creation. They created it. it the center of Zionism isn't in Jerusalem. It's in London. It, it, it started when Disraeli <laughs> let the damn Jews back in England, okay? I, I was listening to a video that Don in Thailand sent me last night. I was listening last night and a little bit this morning. And, Daryl, this is right up your wheelhouse here. Uh, they were talking about the Privy Council, and then there's another yeah. organization over there. The Privy Council has 600 members. This one has no. Yeah, you're talking about the Pilgrims. I am the Pilgrim Society. The Pilgrim Society. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You want? Why don't you do a little research and give us a report on that, or do you know it off the cuff? Well, the Pilgrim Society. uh, I I researched the Pilgrim Society about four or five years ago. Um, I have a really good PDF on it. Uh, It ties into. It ties into the, uh, the roads. uh, plan Cecil Rhodes's plan and Ed Milner. Uh, of course, the 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 Cecil Rhodes uh, and Milner and and John Steed that that affected this uh, in the late 1800s uh, to recapture the United States, and and the basis of it was to use certain principles of masonry, uh, Judaism, which is uh, uh, and and Jesuit uh, processes. Of organization and structure and secrecy, uh, they were financed by the Rothschilds, and uh, they really took control of the wheelhouse. And uh, Cecil Rhodes died, and Milner took over, yeah. and there was a there was a uh, American wasp aspect on the East Coast, uh, Brahmin, and they uh, organized themselves. As, as part of a, a uh, another collective of English, English uh, or British Zionist racism, uh, they that, that's what it is. They they wanted to create a a a ultra uh, world hegemony and empire of the English speaking, and uh, with a relationship with England, uh, Britain, their aristocracy, and and then the American faction. And the American faction was the Pilgrim Society. Well, and, this, and these were uh, this yeah. video, Daryl. I'm going I'm to get it and send you a copy of it because it's some guys that have discovered some new documentation on it, and they went back yeah, it's, and, it's, and found the inserts in the congressional record by a guy that was from Montana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and, yeah. and he'd only, he oh, only yeah. served one term. And he got three in, inserts of this into the congressional record about this and their agenda and the actual documentation on yep. it. Well, I saw it. I saw that video about two minutes after it came out last night, and I was all over it because this is an, a, a, a very deep area of research for me for many years. And because it ties in, the, now what they're talking about in this video and everything that I'm talking about right now, and Roger's been talking about, goes back to Cecil Rhodes, and and the and the people that were bringing this all together in the Boer Wars in South Africa and the whole mess. Okay, and it also ties in directly with a book by Carol Quigley called Tragedy and Hope. And and then you go, well, what's this got to do with us now? Well, it has to do with a, a company called Circo. 
Serco, the biggest company, company you've never heard of. It, it also uh, ties into the senior executive service that was created uh, under the auspices uh, of Jimmy Carter in 74, was it? Uh, and uh, the, the senior executive service, is, is, it's actually brought out in this, this video Roger's talking about, is actually the, uh, somewhat of the, um, the internal uh, dark shadow government of, of the Privy Council inside this country. This, uh, well, who, who are these, who, where were these people educated? Well, uh, most of, a lot of them have dual citizenship and are Rhodes Scholars. Yep. Or Ivy League. Uh, who, or Ivy League. Who's one of the most... Uh, or, or Ivy League, yeah. Uh, also, uh, you know, the White Shoe Boys. <laughs> okay, it's Gerald Salani calls them the White Shoe Boys. Uh, the Council of Foreign Relation. Well, what is that? The Council of Foreign Relation is the is the uh, sort of the public, the the public view of the uh, Milner Group. Okay, uh, if if you don't understand what the Milner Group pulled off, uh, they uh, they generated everything that was needed to ha take place to happen in order to get World War One rolling. Uh, uh, they they were behind uh, they were behind the Federal Reserve. Okay, so uh, we need to identify where this came from. Well, because it goes back to what Cecil Rhodes' last will and testament, and he had like six or seven of them, was he wants to recapture the United States. Well, they did it. Yeah, long time ago. You've been captured yeah. a long time ago. Well, let me let me and, pull. And, let and me so, pull. Let me yeah. pull one of the captives here because he's been sitting there for a few minutes and we haven't even hardly recognized okay. him. Chuck, front and center. What you got on your mind? Get your mute off there, boy. Chuck. Now here I go to recognize Chuck and he doesn't respond. Okay, there he is. He took his mute off. Hey, Chuck Lee, what's going on in Oklahoma today? Chuck, you're live. Chuckles. Chuckles, come on, man. Well, you know, we had one yesterday. Was it the day before yesterday? 765 called in. I never could get him to respond, and he left. But Chuck's there. He had his mute on, and now his mute's off. So I'm assuming he wants to inject something. Chuck, front and center. Okay, he must hey, be. Hey, Roger, if. If, if if Chuck doesn't come on, I wanted to make some comments okay. from uh, Daryl's. Okay. Excellent well, thing. it looks like okay. Chuck doesn't want to come so, front and center, so you're on, Doug. All right. So, what I'm thinking here, and correct me, Daryl, if I'm uh, misinformed, but I'm looking at the Magna Carta around the 1200s, where they kicked the Jews out of the country. And that has never been reversed. They, as far as I understand, no, they from let listening to others. Uh, uh, they talk, were let in. Disra about, Disraeli let them back in. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if the actual he might have let them in, uh, uh, but I don't think the law, the the thing that was written by whoever the king was at the time, has been reversed. But. Nevertheless, so we have that episode uh, where they were kicked out. And then um, we go to Napoleon, which is like the 1800s, I think. Early. And we have him 
releasing the Jews from um, what was it called pogroms? Pogroms. Yeah, their self and yeah. Yeah, thanks. So anyway, which he need, released them which, from which that, need, which need to be which, them to which need to be reinstituted. Sorry, go ahead, Doug. Well, it just released them into all societies. So I, I see a connection there to this whole thing. Okay, so that that's my comment there. Well, back so. then there was another thing that happened that I've seen in looking at some of these historical videos I've been watching lately. The king, who was the king of Poland, welcomed them all to Poland from all over Europe. And they flocked to Poland. And that's why Poland's got those problems today. Well, yeah. Uh, well, this is, this, is why we, this is why we all have this problem today. Uh, who, who provided the logistics and the financing and the infrastructure and the, and the marketing for this? It, I, I, I keep coming back to this. You're going to find it in the Privy Council in Britain and they have they have federated they have federated the world into corporations through uh, the Privy Council the City of London and the Queen uh, these are corporations of a commonwealth uh, I uh, some time ago Roger I said to you listen I'm getting a understanding uh, there's been a shift in law and international law, and it, they have uh, superseded the law of nations. Okay, I said I don't have this all figured out yet. I still don't, but I was getting a sense of it, and this is what's happened: is they're turning they're turning the entire world into a federation of the Commonwealth. Yep. It's centered. It's centered with with the nexus. The nexus is in Britain, and. And and these people, uh, they they don't have uh, they don't have Jewish names, all right. Uh, and uh, they might they might be uh, identify in their in their family lineage somewhere as this, but the the people that are uh, really affecting this and have been for a very long time. I mean, you have to understand the filth associated with Great Britain. What a filthy place it is! It's a filthy, disgusting place. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, if, if any study of history through the 1800s will demonstrate to you that it's a narco state of pirates, pirates and criminals. And slaves. And slave uh, trade. And slave, state. and slave trade. Yeah. And the Brahmins you mentioned ago okay. are, are referred to as the Boston Brahmins. And that bunch of people yeah. made their wealth off of that opium trade where they addicted China. Yeah. Well... I, I mean, uh, I, I think, you know, if we're going to go through the efforts of finding the truth and calling out what is, is, I, I, I think we have to identify the epicenter of what has effectuated this, okay? And you're going to find it. You're going to find it in the House of Lords and the Parliament, the Privy Council, the City of London, and the Queen. And the Pilgrim and, Society. And that relationship. And the Pilgrim Society. And, 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 and can I... And, and so, yeah, so the, 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 for Doug, the Council for Foreign Relations is a subsidiary yes. of the Royal Insti Institute for International Affairs. Now, that is not going to play well 
in uh, to 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 Bubus Americanus, you know, oh, the Council for Foreign Relations. Oh, okay, but but uh, if you would call that that location of the Council for Foreign Relations, it's two blocks away from the White House, where Hillary Clinton said on videotape, "I'm glad to be here so I can get my marching orders." Yep. Uh, <laughs> if 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 he was calling that at the Navy, if they called themselves the Royal Institute for International Affairs, you might have a problem with that. Yeah. Okay. Here again, this goes back to mind control and word uses and language to uh, manufacture your perception, manage your perceptions in order to manufacture consent, or at least not dissent. They they, they so, manufacture uh, their own reality for us, just like Karl Rove said. We make well, our own reality. Well, and they do, they they do, and, and this is this all this all this uh, uh, wealth, if you if you want to call it this perception of wealth, uh, the the U.S. dollar as a central reserve money currency has sub subsidized is subsidizing the anthropological and social warfare and reconstruction. You have to go back to the money. I I I, I didn't say anything unique here. But you have to take your mind, you identify the problem, you take it and you go, who's paying for this crap? Okay, because uh, in poor countries, they can't afford to do this kind of stupidity. Okay, listen, I, I'm kind of embarrassed of people that call themselves white. What a bunch of stupid, what a stupid lot. Oh. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't really identify myself as white, but uh, whatever. Uh the uh, I, I'm more of kind of like an Irishman, <laughs> you know? and and uh, yeah, and and so the um, so anyway, when when America loses its uh, the people in this place lose their empire, which they're going to do really soon, okay? Because they and you've been getting your benefits from your empire, okay? But when you lose the empire. When all empires fail, this this degeneracy will uh, reach a level of cessation. Okay, now it, it may not happen in your lifetime, but it's it's going to go down. And when it can't be afforded, uh, people don't have time to worry about putting their hair up and changing colors in it when they're looking for toilet paper and trying to find food. They can't. They don't have time to worry about these things. You know, Daryl, okay. last night and, on Rick Wild. On Rick Wiles' show, he said yeah. something real interesting. It caught my ear. And they said the last time this kind of decadence happened, the, the Lord destroyed it with water. You remember this last night? And they said, yeah. they went oh, to yeah. some scripture, and they go, the next time it's going to be destroyed with fire. Yeah, well, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a, a replace Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, listen, uh, here's the problem. Here's one of the key problems with uh, the people and their thinking in this place today and have been for gener several generations. Uh, amnesty of past wrongs corrupts the future. Yes. Amnesty of past wrongs corrupts the future. And, and so what we've had uh, over my lifetime is I look back at, at all the uh, heinous wars of aggression, American aggression and warfare uh, all to serve uh, this uh, greater British Zionist uh, Dream. agenda Dream. Uh, under the auspices of that, and and they've been given amnesty over it. 
okay? And what has happened? It's corrupted the future. Uh, you know, listen, uh, I'm, I'm just picking up, the, I'm picking up the rotten fruits on the ground here. 9-11 has not been addressed. No. You can't. People are, trying, people are trying to move on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Your mind has been led. And, and we haven't even had the very most elemental form of justice here in, in uh, oh, I don't know, uh, uh, 100 years. Some people, uh, some people, uh, this, this, some yeah. people did something. Some people did something. That was Omar's quote on 9-11. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I mean, I, 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 I mean, this is absurd. Uh, I'm, I'm going to quote E. Michael Jones. E. Michael Jones goes when he's debating with people over creation and Darwinism, and he, he debates these people and he breaks it down. We get to the point, you know, how did the world, how did the world come about? And they, they, he, he tears it down. So he finally looks at him and he says, "I'm going to say, I'm going to say, kind of a, uh, I'm going to quote E. Michael Jones. He goes." So he says to these Darwinians, uh, Darwinian people, he goes, so what you're telling me is that shit happens. There you go. Okay. Well, that, 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 that isn't, that's what they want you to believe. All right. And, uh, until, until we hold, hold them accountable, uh, this, this, uh, the future is going to continue to be corrupted. And and, and And we don't have, you want to know this information. And we don't have very many ways to hold them accountable. But we damn sure got one, and that's you becoming empowered and telling them you're not their damn slave. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, you can hold. You can hold yourself accountable, and holding yourself accountable means uh, knowing this information and and not facilitating their agenda. Yep. Okay. Yep. And like Rick Wild said last night, you know, in the book, in the book, you can see. Look, I resisted. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't go along with it. Let me see if okay. that, now Chuck wrote me and said he's trying to talk. Chuck, you want to try and talk again here? I don't want to cut you out. You took the trouble to call today. We don't have much time. What's going on, bro? Well, Chuck still can't talk. Okay. Um, well, we're running kind of, listen, well, right, been a good spirit. Oh, Doug, go ahead quick. Yeah. Well, the axiom is be true to thyself. Yeah. Okay. Hey, good, good, good and comment. You Doug. can't be true to yourself if if you're not if you haven't if you're not yourself. Okay, you have to be yourself. And how do you become a man like myself and you and Daryl? Well, this is sacrifice in a sense. You choose to seek the truth in any issue, and then you pursue that, and then you teach others. I, I saw a sickening video last night of one of these uh, uh, gay pride deals, and 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 they had a, about a seven or eight year old young man in the middle of that crowd, absolutely doing the most ludicrous dancing you've ever. It, it would have turned your stomach. And you talk about weak men, that kind of crap produces neutered men. Okay. So you be strong, you, you try and get your arms around this stuff, start the empowerment process, and the, you got a lot of support here. That's why this show's here. For anybody that's got trepidations, questions, apprehensions, that's why we're here. 
okay, is for you. I don't, I'm not doing it. I'm doing it for me from the standpoint of my sanity, and I got somebody to talk to. But the show is for you. It's you. I've already got my freedom. This show's about your freedom, okay? So anyway, Brent will be with us tomorrow, guys. Good stimulating discussion today. Thanks, everybody that contributed. I think we covered some good ground. And uh, I guarantee you we'll cover some good ground tomorrow with Brent because that always happens every Friday. And I look forward Thank to you. it, and I know you guys do too. Shane, we're going to work on your letter here in the next couple of days and get you something to send those bloodsuckers, okay? I'll uh, right, see you all tomorrow, man. And you guys have a great day. And ruminate. Ruminate on what we discussed. See you then. Sui Juris. Yep. From Juris. From a beautiful day Bye -bye. in Coyaquil, Ecuador. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Hasta la vista.